Uh, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, we have another episode of the colonizer enforcing his way into Blackistan. <laughs> what up, brother Corey? Oh, man, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? So. All right, so all right, I was just checking my sounds real quick, make sure everything is straight, make sure my live stream is straight. You know, my I'll be having the most janky stuff on YouTube. All right, so. You know, a couple of days ago, we talked about this, this, this other man infiltrating the black manosphere, coming in there talking about how black people have low IQs, and, and then we saw how the black manosphere reacted, and it was all in a tizzy, and feelings and emotions were hurt all over the place. And all that stuff, right? Now, we have another incident of this taking place. And this one, this time it involves the white man going at it with our favorite pro-black babbler. You know, the king of them all, Mr. Mr. Tariq Nasheed, right? And it's a very interesting little exchange they have. And I'm going to play it. Now, yes, I'm going to talk my way through it. For those of you who be like, why you be talking? Because that's what I do over here. If you want to go listen to the whole thing in its entirety without my two cents, go to Tariq Nasheed's channel and watch it. He has it uploaded on his, video, on his page. But I'm going to run my mouth and make jokes if I deem necessary. But um, so we have this guy here. Let me put him up on the screen. This guy here goes by the name of Jay Lucas. He actually made Donkey of the Day today on the Breakfast Club, or a.k.a. the Leftist Club. Because he, he had said some things about Breonna Taylor. Saying that. She would probably be alive if she wasn't operating out of a trap house. Now, when it comes to Breonna Taylor, I'll be the first to admit, I don't really know much about the story other than what I've heard. And I've heard conflicting things all over the place. I've heard you were just totally innocent. Police kicked in the wrong dough, lit up. Then I heard they kicked in the dough. I heard the boyfriend pulled the piece out, started blasting. Then I heard the boyfriend blamed it on her when they was asking who was doing the blasting. And then I heard other stories saying that she was associated with a drug dealer and her spot was like a trap spot, even though she worked in the medical field. And personally, I don't know what to believe. That's why I've never spoken on the Breonna Taylor thing. Cause it's so much, it's so much confusing information out there. I don't know what to believe. And I'm of the mindset. I refuse to believe all of these pro blacks out there. All these social justice warriors out there 
And I refuse to believe the stuff that's in the media because I, I, me, I need to see the documentation. I don't know what's going on. But when it comes to the pro-blacks and the social justice warriors, especially as it relates to the pro-blacks, they have a long documented history of coming up on, so, going on social media and telling some flat out lies and half truths. But then the same thing can be said about the media as well. So I don't know who to believe. So I just, I, I ain't never speak on it. You can go to my, you can go sub to my man, Akatunde Nation or his YouTube channel, Living Room Gangsta. He does, he does deep dive analysis on this type of stuff all the time. And I'm more inclined to believe the version he has put out and the version my man Akatunde has put out is that Brianna was in the game. You know what I'm saying? Ak has been damn near 100% accurate on all of his reporting. So y'all go sub to my man, Akatunde Nation. He has a couple YouTube channels out there. The main one he live streams from, I believe, is called Living Room Gangster. And then he got his other little channels that he posts clips on. So anyways, we got this dude right here. J.W. Lucas made some comments about Breonna Taylor Caused him to get put on donkey the other day. Caused Tariq Nasheed to hop up on IG Live with the dude. And, oh, they had a little interesting exchange. And the exchange is so reminiscent of the video, the, 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 the incidents that took place in the black manosphere earlier this week when Brad hopped up on these panels and started talking this IQ stuff. So we're going to go ahead and get into it. Y'all got to hear y'all got to hear what this Brad, this uh, J.W. had to say, the new Brad. <laughs> y'all gotta no, I said I point on. out, Charlie. Hold on. Let me let me let me let me, uh, let me get my sounds right. Y'all got to hear what this y'all got to hear what this dude had to say. So this is uh this is this is Brad, a.k.a. J.W. or J.W. Lucas, a.k.a. Brad. Going at it with uh, Mr. Nasheed. No, I said I point out Charlie Kirk. Yo, what's up, brother? How you doing? So, man, let's get into what you you're talking about, bro. Now you I know. Appreciate you calling in as well. Absolutely, and I, and I respect what you're doing. I'm a fan of your work too. No doubt, but brother, you know what you said about Brianna was very disrespectful. You you understand that, right? I, I understand that I should have been a little more sensitive with the with the last part. But it was no, designed to start a conversation. I did say under no circumstance did she ever deserve to lose her life. But if there was circumstantial evidence to where a warrant was signed and, and executed and police were fired on, there is special circumstances to this case. And I do believe the case is being sensationalized for political purposes. And that's but the nature of the text. That's not what you said, bro. That 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 is the, that is exactly how I tweeted it. It was yeah. and and if anyone and if anyone feels as oh, disrespected, and I spoke to Brown's sister today, and I apologized to her, and I said under no circumstances did I want this to to take away from what what's going on and, and the actual fight. This is to, this is to enable people coming forward and and, and eradicating poverty, eradicating the real issues. All right, so JW. Why do you think you need to be a spokesperson for uh, black hold people? Up. We got it. We got an ad. So up. let's retrace. Give me a second. We got the ads popping up. I feel that I have the fundamental. All right. So Tariq just asked him, why do you feel, let me rewind it. 
before that ad popped up. Poverty, eradicating JW. the real issues. All right, so JW, why do you think you need to be a spokesperson for black people? Because I feel that I have the fundamental understanding and the framework to bring real innovative ideas to the table. I thought that was a very good question. Why do you feel you need to be a spokesperson for black people? I think that's a very good question to re-ask because it seems like this is taking place a lot these days, especially as it relates to the Black Lives Matter movement. Have you guys noticed with BLM? Maybe it's just me, but every time I see something going on with BLM, it's always white folks out there doing something. On, on behalf of BLM, whether they're speaking, writing, protesting, whatever it is that they're doing. I don't really see a whole bunch of black faces in, the, in this whole BLM thing that are being put on Front Street. It seems like it's a lot more white people out there. Has anybody noticed this or is this just me? I just thought that was kind of interesting. Because that's that's what appears to be happening. It seems to be a lot of white folks out here making it their mission to speak on behalf of black people as if black people can't speak on behalf of themselves, which then goes into reinforcing this child parent like relationship black people have with white people where black people are the children, white people, a.k.a. white zaddy are the parents. We, we're seeing this stuff play out now. Understand, I understand the nature of reality. I understand the nature of reality. I understand black theory. people don't have the fundamental understanding no, I, of reality. I did not say that. I say I do not hear it when, when, when people are speaking about the cause. I've never heard anyone distinguish between cooperative and competitive games. And that's the issue we're having, this zero-sum economy. This system that you—that's the problem. You're veering off, brother. Right now, you're, you're no, I'm not. I'm not veering off. This is the cause. This is the exposure to police brutality. The exposure we're to talking, poverty. This we're talking system. about you right now, Jay. And and, and, I have, and I have. This white dude sounds like he has been studying all the great babblers out there. Just listen to the way he talks. Listen to the words he just throws. These random three-dollar words out there. Instead of just getting straight to the point, he's just all over the place. This dude has been studying black people, y'all. You can just hear it in his vernacular or how he chooses to try to just beat around the bush instead of just getting straight to the point. This joker been studying Negroes. Have a level of understanding that I have not seen in the game. So, and I look at so everyone, you including think, yourself. So you think that you're more qualified to talk about black issues than black people? Yes, sir. Based on my fundamental... Did you hear that, ladies and gentlemen? Tariq said, Tariq asked him, do you think you're more qualified to talk about black issues than black people? Your man's on the screen here said, yes, he is. Man. So for those of you, those of you who missed my last live stream, right? Where I was clowning the black manosphere when they brought that 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 uh that Brad up there, and I was telling y'all Brad hopped up on that thing talking about white people have higher IQs and we are smarter than black people, and he was unapologetic with it. I mean, he it, it seemed like he's been waiting to 
that that sentiment has just been floating around his and his body his entire life. And he just finally had the opportunity to put it on blast in front of a bunch of black people. And now one of them Negroes checked him on it. We're witnessing this thing again. This white dude literally had the audacity to sit here and tell Tariq or a black person in general, but you know, it's Tariq that he is more qualified to talk about black issues than white people. And guess what? You know where else we've seen this, ladies and gentlemen? We've seen this when Joe Biden told Charlemagne that black people ain't black if they don't vote Democrat. Do y'all see this trend taking place in 2020? It seems like all of these wokeity woke liberals, Looney Tune liberals are coming out the woodwork and trying to take over your own blackness. <laughs> They're out there rewriting the rules to blackness. They're taking over the whole movement. This is, this is what's happening. This is, this is going to start happening on all fronts. I mean, I seen, I seen a video not too long ago, or it was a video or a meme or whatever, of a white dude who was supporting BLM chastising another black man who wasn't in support of BLM and then calling this black dude all kinds of names. I'm just like, wow, this is the, these, these liberals, these Looney Tune liberals, the white peoples are, are getting out of pocket these days and y'all are letting them. All of y'all are out there letting them do it. Like, how are you going to sit here and tell a black person how to feel about Black Lives Matter and you're not black? Like, how does that even make sense? Just like with this dude, how are you going to sit here and say, you know, more about black issues or more qualified to speak on it than an actual black person? Granted, I don't really agree with 90% of the crap Tariq Nasheed says, but I can't sit here and be like, co-signing the white dude. Like, what are you talking about, white dude? You are not qualified to talk about anything remotely related to black people. You know, especially if you're trying to position yourself as an uh, as an authority figure. <laughs> oh, this is getting crazy with the with the snow taps. And, and, and I have and I have a level of understanding that I have not seen in the game. And I look at everyone, including yourself. So you think that you're more qualified to talk about black issues than black people? Yes, sir. Based on my fundamental oh, understanding is. of the nature of reality, if you think the, you can the nature of reality, yes, I say that with the utmost respect to you. I dedicate my life that's to this every day. You just said that you're more qualified to speak for black people than us. On the solutions. Let's talk. Of, no, we're talking about the actual ideas no, that are brought to the table. What you want to do is practice and we can list the ideas. Mind. We're having an intellectual conversation. We're and not you just, just regurgitating that's very interesting. Would you, you just would, admitted that you're more qualified to talk about black issues than black And I clarified people. that's based on my understanding of quantum physics. The actual, let me speak. Let me speak. I clarified. Listen, let me explain. Let me and explain. You just admitted it. That you no, I did not. You're pinning that for your own individual game, and that's now he's gonna he's gonna over talk Tariq because I think this is actually Jay Lucas's live stream, and Tariq hopped on his live stream. I don't know if that has anything to do with the mics, but this dude is gonna be bumbling and pretty much over talking Tariq to where you can't really. It's kind of hard to hear what Tariq is saying, but 
your man's is in here literally just telling him he is more qualified to talk about black issues and black people. I mean, <laughs> I mean, just you know, we, we're like living in an alternate reality these days, y'all. We're living in an alternate, you know, I think I'm, I think I'm dreaming. I, I, my wife need to come in here and throw a bucket of water on my face. Cause I think I'm still dreaming. I, I mean, this is just, this is just getting out of control with these Looney Tune liberals, these wokeity woke liberals. This, this is getting out of control. I just asked you, sir. You just I, said and I began to clarify and let me speak. Listen, black issues listen, black people. And, and I spoke to you. I, 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 I clearly communicated. Let me tell you something. The reason why I agreed that, yes, I'm the most qualified to speak on it has nothing to do with because my you're white. That yes, would be contradictory yes, to, to, to the message yes, that I'm bringing. Skin color. I kind of agree with Tariq on this. It, dude was like, the reason why I'm qualified is because of blah, 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 blah. Tariq said it's because you're white. Honestly, I think that's what it is. I think a lot of these, these wokeity woke white folks out here, they're so ingrained in their white guilt or whatever the heck it is that they're running around here pretending that they have that they feel it's their duty to go out there and be the mouthpiece for actual black people because I guess they feel like black people aren't effective enough at getting their, getting their point across, regardless of if you agree with the point or not. I mean, I'm seeing this all, this is happening all over social media, y'all, especially with these, like, look, just go out there and, and look up images of Black Lives Matter in the protests. You're going to see a bunch of white folks out there, y'all. I see more white people protesting or supporting BLM than I do of actual black people. <laughs> that should tell you about the direction this thing is going to where you're going to have more and more of these snow taps and these wokeity woke white folks out here sounding like they from Blackistan trying to colonize. Dude, they are literally colonizing Blackistan, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> You know, Blackistan is, for those of you who don't know, Blackistan is where all black people live for the most part, regardless if you're woke or whatever. You know, we're all, we're all up in there somewhere. They're colonizing Blackistan, y'all. They are trying to gentrify Blackistan where we can't even, look, y'all know how I feel about the babblers. I think most of them are full of crap, but I enjoy going back and forth with the babblers in Blackistan without having to deal with the white man, I, I enjoy it. You know what I'm saying? So now that the colonizers are creeping in, I'm like, oh, man, what are you doing, colonizer? No, you, you need to go back over there so we can argue and, and bicker amongst ourselves like we've been doing. But no, they're, they're slowly creeping in. But y'all have but a lot of y'all black folks have allowed this to happen. Those of you, especially you, uh, those of you who are liberals, y'all have allowed this to happen. Now they're just coming into our spaces. And, and trying to take over, like they like they are attempting to do the manosphere. It's irrelevant. That's we're talking about ideas. That's your practicing we're talking system. about fundamental understanding of reality and having the framework to speak about innovative ideas. You're babbling now, brother. No, I'm not. Yeah, he's about to do a lot of babbling. Look, I actually agree with Tariq on a lot of things he said on this video. This this listen. We're going to get to a couple points. This joker is going to sound like the white Umar Johnson in a few minutes. No, I'm not. You are babbling. You're not saying that you're, you're pointing a picture. No, there's no white supremacist ideology. 
We should not let people who are not in our culture get in our culture and try I to I am in your culture. Didn't you just hear a childhood friend of mine say that I grew up? Did you hear what he just said? Tariq said, this is why we shouldn't let y'all in our culture. He said, I am in your culture. What you going to do about it? <laughs> Boy, they are bold with it. These, these wokeity wokes are bold, y'all. He said, I am in the culture. What you going to do about it? I was waiting for him to say that part, but he ain't say the what you going to do about it part, but he might as well have said it. No, there's no white supremacist ideology. We should not let people who are not in our culture get in our culture and try. I to am in your culture. Didn't you just hear a childhood friend of mine? This is what I've been telling y'all about black culture for the longest, ladies and gentlemen. I have dropped about a thousand videos before I had to clean up my channel a little bit. I've dropped about a thousand videos. Excuse me, talking about. Black people do not control black culture in America. You literally do not control it. You can say that you should be able to control it, but nothing, there, there is nothing, there is no type of mechanism in place that actually demonstrates that you can control it. And the snow tap on your screen is telling you that you don't control it to the point where he's like, I am in your culture. What you gonna do about it? This is what I've been telling y'all for the longest. Y'all thought I was full of crap. No, you are seeing it. Everything I've been saying for like the last two years about this, black people don't control black culture. Black people don't control anything black. A lot of y'all thought I was crazy. I was a super coon. I was this, I was that. Dude, these white folks are coming in here telling you to your face now that you don't control anything, even your own culture. Listen to it again. You're not saying that you're, practicing you're pointing a picture. No practicing There's no white supremacist ideology. We should not let people who are not in our culture get in our culture and try I to I am in your culture. Didn't you just hear a childhood friend of mine say that I grew up with all blacks? You're having a colonizer mentality. You say no, you're I'm not. Blacks. I'm oh, I'm a colonizer who's talking about socialist economy and creating a non-zero-sum game. Does it seem like I'm trying to benefit my color? I'm talking about moving out of this colonization, out of this economy. What? No, I'm trying to decrease ownership. Now, this ain't cultural appropriation, Mr. Uh, Massager. This ain't cultural appropriation. You know, we can we can have the conversation about culture. Listen. It's extremely hard to make a cultural appropriation argument in America. When you live amongst white people and other groups of people, you see them every day. They live in your apartment building. They live down the street from you. You go to school with them. You work with them. You intermingle with them. It's extremely hard to make a cultural appropriation argument in America when you are literally ingrained with every other culture in this country. Now, if it was, if we was on some, all black people live uh, like 99% of black people live in this country over here. And America is just, you know, whatever it is, whatever it is without black people. Then next, you know, you got a bunch of white people visiting our country in Africa coming back. Next, you know, they're over here rocking dashikis. You could be like, that's cultural appropriation all day. You know, the same type of cultural appropriation that you have with a lot of black Americans do amongst ancient Egyptians and shit like that. 
You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, can we just keep it a buck here since we're playing the whole FBA versus Caribbean versus African versus everybody on a diaspora? Well, anytime you see an FBA out there rocking an Ankh or talking about some ancient Egypt stuff, then technically they could be culturally appropriating uh, Egypt because you ain't got nothing to do with them people over there. Technically. But whatever, we're going to digress from that point. So you, it's really hard to screen cultural appropriation when you grow up next to somebody. So this white dude said he grew up amongst black people, like, like Eminem on 8 Mile. How are you going to say Eminem on 8 Mile was culturally appropriating black people when he woke, he woke up, went outside every day, and everybody was black? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Everybody black. I mean, you can make the same argument for Carlton from the Fresh Prince growing up rich in Bel Air, dressing like all the white kids, speaking like them, going to all their fancy schmancy events. Well, was, was Carlton technically culturally appropriating? I mean, this thing can go back and forth. What happens is you normally just blend in and take on the cultural norms and, and, and values, et cetera, et cetera, of the community that you're around. That, that's how it works. So if you live in a predominantly black area, white area, Hispanic area, and you're not of that race originally, chances are you are going to adopt whatever values and cultures are around you because that's what you are literally surrounded by. And that is your world, your worldview for the most part. I mean, that's just how this works. And increase. Equality. So this is why I say black culture people talking about we need to control our culture how can you control something that you literally have no control over and you are literally encompassed surrounded by everybody else it ain't the opposite way around where everybody else is surrounded by you no black people are surrounded by everybody else so how are you going to control something and he's telling you he's telling Tariq to his face you don't control it just move into a truly socialist yo, economy. Yo, yo, word to the mother. That is never impressive. No, see that shit. I'm talking about moving out of this colonization. You have out the of this economy as a slave owner. What? You have? No, I'm trying to decrease ownership and increase yo, equality. Move into a truly socialist economy. Yo, yo, word to the mother. That is never impressive. No, see that shit. Like you you got to bring ideas to the table. What is you your idea? What can we do to eradicate poverty? The same anti-black white supremacist racism as other white supremacists. No, I've no, no, you have not. You've never heard anyone speak to you about. <clears throat> Excuse me. I don't know if this is actually practicing racism and white supremacy. This is this is he's he's merely doing what you've been telling him to do, Tariq. You you being black people in general, black people in general have been speaking, begging and praying for white people to notice black people, to speak up and say something, to do something, to 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 go out there and and enact laws and get things changed because nobody wants to listen to black people. Well, guess what, Tariq? You have a white dude doing exactly what. The black collective in Blackistan has been asking. So I, so I don't think it's fair to turn around and call him a white supremacist, being that he's doing what all these Negroes in Blackistan have been begging white folks to do for the last 10, 15, 20 years. Cooperation and love and unity and low entropy. You don't even understand what entropy is, brother. Now we're going into the now he's now he's going to spit some some snow tap babble. No, you have not. You've never heard anyone speak to you about cooperation and love 
and unity and low entropy. You don't even understand what entropy is, brother. You're just saying random stuff. No, I'm not. This is snow tap babble. This is this is the part you can tell he's been watching pro black videos for like five years on YouTube. You can tell. It's fundamental. It's the it's what allows us to understand the passage of time. It's it describes just, our universe's expansion. It, ex it explains how we extract energy I got another from ad coming up. Hold on. So let's. Did did y'all hear this? He over here talking about entropy, the expansion of time. I'm pretty. I, I'm waiting on him to say third eye and all kind of stuff. He, he listen. Listen, these 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 others, they, they be watching our videos, y'all. Whether they be leaving comments or not, they be watching this. They be watching us. It's the it's what allows us to understand the passage of time. It's it describes our universe's expansion. It, ex it explains how we extract energy from heat. You need to be educated by me right now and quit putting up this facade for your own personal gain. Because I built for Did you hear what he said? You need to be educated by me. Oh, man. They're bold with it. <laughs> they are bold with it. Whoa. Energy from heat. You need to be educated by me right now. And oh. quit putting up this facade for your own personal gain. Because I'm built for this. Oh. Let me help you be right built now, for this. Babbling, brother. No, you I'm not. I'm speaking mind. about the nature of reality oh. and the emergent systems. He said, you're going to listen today. <laughs> do you understand the difference? Do you understand the difference between cooperative and competitive spokesperson for black people? What should black people do to replace the system of white supremacy with the system of justice? Detach from the institutional narratives that are perpetuating the system that, that are fed to black Americans through hip hop culture that that has been a Sound like you be listening to some some Boyce Watkins videos. Prominent figure in the upbringing of black children since this the single parent rate skyrocketed with the liberal oh, welfare system. He calling out single parents. Oh, hold up. Oh, culture that that has been a prominent figure in the upbringing of black children since this the single parent rate skyrocketed with the liberal welfare system. So hip-hop is the problem. That's what you're saying? The narratives that are forced by the hip-hop gatekeepers are oh. the problem. Like, like the narrative... Now keep in mind, this dude is a so-called hip-hop producer, y'all. He's a hip-hop producer blaming all the problems of the community on hip-hop, but he makes hip-hop music. <laughs> Skyrocketed with the liberal welfare system. So hip-hop is the problem. That's what you're saying? The narratives that are forced by the hip-hop gatekeepers are the problem. Like, now, like the, the hip-hop gatekeepers? Who are the hip-hop gatekeepers? You tell me. Who, who, who allows the narratives to be fed into hip-hop? Who are the hip-hop gatekeepers? Hip-hop, whoever, the people that speak about the narratives. Like the narrative that uh, they need their rapper to be authentic. You see how he, he, he can never identify and point out who... This is classic pro-black babble 101. You know, it's the same thing Tariq Nasheed does. So I'm surprised Tariq is acting all shocked that he's responding this way. They all respond like this. You ask them a direct question about who is them. It's they. they. They never give you a name. So he learned this from you, Tariq. That they're not, they're not really living what they rap about. That is so, a narrative that perpetuates young men into believing that to, they, to, to have success in the music game, they got to have street cred. They got to have drip. They got to be a consumer. 
That's what prevents black ownership and economic advancement is these narratives so in hip hop. Also, the narrative that the narrative to fuck a bitch and send her home in an Uber pool. Let the narrative of running through women without responsibility oh, is what okay. skyrocketed. Oh, he he's saying you Negroes ain't responsible. Y'all don't have any accountability. All of you pump and dump dudes out there. He talking about the pump and dump, the pump and dump squad, y'all. The pump and dump segment of the manosphere. He called y'all out too. Listen to it again. Narratives so in hip hop. Also, the narrative that the narrative to fuck a bitch and send her home in an Uber pool. Let the narrative of running through women without responsibility is what's okay. skyrocketing the single parent rate. Are you aware of the single parent? Are you aware of the single parent rate in America? And is it a problem? You're a hip hop producer, right? Yes, sir. Why do you produce music like that? Because I grew up listening to it and I'm fascinated. It's a very good question. Why do you make music like that, bro? And is it a problem? You're a hip hop producer, right? Yes, sir. Why do you produce music like that? Because I grew up listening to it and I'm fascinated by, by hip hop music. So you know you're producing music that is detrimental to black society. And at the same time I speak you. out, I speak out. He said he's talking about the Mac lessons. Well, here, here's the thing, Dorian. The pump and dumps, they learn from the Mac lessons. So in theory, you could say, yeah, all this ties back to uh, Tariq. Fascinated by, by hip hop music. So you know you're producing music that is detrimental to black society. And at the same time I speak you. out, I speak out actively every day about detaching from the narrative. You asked me what type of ideas I had, and I begin to drop gems as I always do. Because that's what I so do every day. Dude, he, he, dude he, he, it sounds like he is literally regurgitating all these pro-blacks. Like all these, a lot of these pro-blacks, they'll be the first ones out there saying that Rap music is bad. Like I've heard Boyce Watkins say this countless times. Rap music is detrimental. It's this, is that. And then they'll turn around and big up his favorite rapper. I've seen Umar Johnson do this. I've heard Tariq say this a little bit here. And all, all babblers do this. They all sit here and they point to how messed up hip hop could be. But then they'll turn around and justify it because, you know, niggas got to get money. Niggas got to make money. So what I'm saying is, Everything the snow tep is saying, he learned from people like Tariq. <laughs> and now Tariq and him are shocked. What are you talking about? You schooled him. You raised this dude. You are responsible for this snow tep, Tariq. Don't sit here and be shocked. You trained him. Because I'm a clumsy motherfucker. I drop gems all day. I need you to catch them so we can fucking eradicate these problems. So we can really so you're progress. you black destruction, and then you're no, complaining about no, black that is the opposite. Tariq says, so you're capitalizing off of black destruction, then you're complaining about black destruction. Same thing y'all do. Same thing the babblers do, ladies and gentlemen. The same thing they do. I don't know why. I mean, wish you could see Tariq's face. He over here looking like he's shocked. Now, why are you shocked, bro? Your ilk trained these wokeity wokes. In these snow taps. Y'all train them to be this way. <laughs> I'm speaking out about the narratives that are being fed through hip hop to kids and singing. But you're a hip hop producer and you produce music like that. You produce that kind of music. No, I actively, I make instrumental music. An artist has the freedom of speech to say whatever they want. And, and hip hop should not be the father of kids. It's been politicized. 
and it, and it because it be, for political purposes. The, the, the why is that? Why is it okay? The combination of the single parent rate skyrocketing to seventy two percent, and and the prominent way. Listen, seventy yes, percent of the top music buyers are white people in your community. Why is it that your community likes to perpetuate anti black narratives? That's that's not that's not that's fallacy to speak on because that's we know what we know what type of music that that black culture loves to listen to too. You're assuming that it's white kids that they want to see black people white, doing it. This and that that's inaccurate. We all have that's a fascination to danger. We we have a fascination to live in that to live in fast and dying young. So now you're just doing I'm white and I say so. You're just saying anything right now. Nah, he's not doing the I'm white and I say so, Tariq. What he was trying to say is. Hip hop is like to to the white kids in the burbs who buy hip hop. That's the equivalent of going on a a safari or going to the zoo. You're looking at all the wild animals in the zoo, ooing and on over them, pointing at the monkeys, pointing at the lions, pointing at the tigers. But you feel safe because you know that lion is not about to get through them bars and and just maul you to death. So when you have all these little white kids listening to hip hop, talking real gangster, running around pretending that they're B's and C's and wearing their little soldier rags, you know, they, they, they're, 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 you know, they're, 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 they're practicing escapism. You know, they get to, they get to pretend like they're in the jungle with the wild animals until they hit the stop button and go back home and eat some of mom's spaghetti and go upstairs and play whatever video game they're playing. That's all he's saying, Tariq. That's all he's saying. He, he's saying that he's coming to the he's coming to the zoo. <laughs> so no, I'm dropping hymns on you. I need you to catch you're them. You're not giving facts. So you just yes, I am speak. What what wasn't factual about what I just said? Um, I just told you, and but there's proof that 70 percent of the hip hop buyers are white people. White people okay. buy more hip hop than everybody. And would you not say right? that hip hop has been a blessing for for young black men specifically in America to advance economically, and that consumerism. Allows for economic advancement in that sense. Now, how does this tie oh, into eradicating systematic white supremacy? Hold, hold on, we got another ad. This joke, we got this video laced with ads. Hold on. Like detaching from the narratives that perpetuate the system, the zero sum game that we're in, where That's the rich get rich and the poor get poor. That doesn't mean anything. Those are random words. No, they're um, not random. You're just not aware of, of the meaning, brother. No, it, you want it, me to no explain meaning. any of the meaning? Which which you're just saying you need help with understanding. And this ain't no this ain't no spinning it like I don't think you're capable. Because I ain't no fucking self-hating bigot with low expectations of my black peers. I ain't no self-hating bigot. I expect you to be capable of this shit. I expect Tamika to have the information to really go out and cut the throats of the system. And that's what I'm on. Some cutthroat savage shit. This is all Snowtap pro-black babble. The Snowtap babble. They all talk like this, y'all. They all talk extremely vague. Just throw random words out there. Random sentences. You don't know what the heck they talking about. I expect to cut the throat and do... Like, what does that even mean? What, what, what does that mean? What are you gonna do? You're gonna tweet, you're gonna tweet your feels away, tweet yourself to empowerment, tweet yourself to trying to change something. I mean, well, what does that mean? I don't even know what that means. But this is, but guess what? This is how they all talk. Even the pro-blacks. 
expectations yeah. of my black peers. I ain't no self-hating bigot. I expect you to be capable of this shit. I expect Tamika to have the information to really go out and cut the throats of the system. And that's what I'm on. Some cutthroat savage shit. Eradicating the system. I ain't no Republican. Eradicating the system. Another one of these overgeneralized talking points. We've been, we've been hearing eradicate the system for God knows how many years now. Has anybody seen an actual tangible plan of how to go about eradicating the system? Because when it comes to the likes of Tariq and all them, they don't want you to vote to get politically, to get politically engaged so that you can put yourself in a position or vote somebody into a position of power to hopefully go about the business of changing the things. They don't believe in that crap. So what does that even mean? Eradicate the system. It's just another, it's just another talking point. It's just another rally cry to get people all revved up. Yeah, yeah, eradicate the system. Just a bunch of empty words that he learned from people like Tariq. Okay, you're not a Republican. You were saying some things about the Democrats. You're saying he says he's giving Greg says he's giving Tariq that work. He ain't giving Tariq that work. Now nah, he ain't giving Tariq the work. I'm not. I'm not even gonna give this white dude that kind of credit. I will say he's literally just regurgitating Tariq and every other babbler out there. He thinks by talking like this, spitting all these empty words, all this, all this rhetoric that this is going to impress Tariq and Tariq doesn't appear to be impressed but Tariq is directly responsible for why this snow tip is the way he is he is literally mimicking them think that black people um, are wrong for supporting the Democrats and all this stuff so are you a conservative I, I have conservative values aside from religion and nationalism. I have no connection to the flag. I have no connection to any plagiarized biblical creation stories that are used as institutional narratives to perpetuate the system as well. Keep people going to work every day, getting slaved by the industrial slave trade. Oh, when I die, I live a healthy life, and that's when I'll get mine. All these narratives are what perpetuate the system. Let's bring it back. Let's bring it back. Do you, think that Donald Trump, do you think that Donald Trump is a racist? Greg, no, he's not. Greg says he is using Tariq's talking points against Tariq. No, he's not. No, he's not. He is not using his talking points. He is imitating Tariq. <laughs> he's not saying anything. It'd be one thing if he, listen, he is not saying anything. Everything that this dude is saying You've heard Tariq say it a thousand times in some form or manner. This dude is literally just imitating Tariq Nasheed. But, the, but Tariq can't sit here and co-sign him because he's a white dude. He can't sit there and be like, yeah, I agree, I agree. That'll make people be looking at Tariq like he's crazy as hell. But reality is he's literally just mimicking Tariq Nasheed. Because this is who he learned it from. What up, Mr. Fantastic? I believe he said some things that, that were retarded, like retweeting the dude on the golf course, uh, on the golf cart. 
I thought that was disgusting. But the fact is, Donald Trump just passed the First Step Act, which is the most aggressive prison reform in recent history, disabling what Bill Clinton, the liberal president, enacted with this with with the three strikes you're out. What that, is the black incarceration incarceration rates? So black incarceration was skyrocketed by the liberal Bill Clinton. So he afterwards said it was his biggest mistake. So the prison reform, what does that have to do with black people? Because young black men are, are being targeted for minor crimes in the court system. So in order for like marijuana. Black, so, so let's get straight. So in order for black people. Yeah, Greg, I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> He's literally just repeating. Dude, dude has been sitting around watching Tariq Nasheed videos, Michi X videos, everybody, every babbler out there. He's been watching this white dude's been watching these YouTube videos. He's been jotting down notes. He's probably watched every Hidden Colors, everything Tariq Nasheed has ever done. Now he's on here with his hero, his black hero. He's just literally saying all the things that he believes he should be saying to win the approval of Tariq by mimicking him. That, that's literally all this, is, all this is. People to benefit from a policy for Trump or um, Clinton, they have to be criminals. No. No. That's what you're saying. When Trump, I ask you if you another racist, another you major problem. Another major problem in Black America is red listing. Listen, no, they're not. They're not. And I'm going to speak more. Let me speak. Trump Trump passed the 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 act where parents can choose what school to send their kids to. Kind of disabling redlining that was designed to limit education. That didn't disable redlining, but go ahead, go ahead. And gent and gentrification. There there are laws being passed. Disable. Gentrification. Trump, Trump, Trump has passed some aggressive reform. Now, do I believe so, he has? Do I believe he has some white supremacist ideology inherited from his ancestors? Yes. Do I believe he has any business? Does he have any business being in office? No, he is not qualified. Is Joe? Is Joe Biden qualified? Is that who you want running the country? <laughs> I'm apolitical. I don't support any. And me too. And and you see my messages as well. I'm about. So do you, so I'm, I'm about like a socialist. Would you like agree that, that we're that? Would you agree that we're better off as as a, as a group of people, human beings, in a global socialist economy, where there's a so minimum there's standard of living, there's the a minimum socialism. standard of living for those in poverty and a maximum for the elite. The only socialism is systematic white supremacy. That's the only socialism on the planet. No. It's not because don't you know there's genocide, there's, there's genocide in Africa, there's a major slave issue in Libya, and we're talking about global capitalist economy, which is the white American dollar, and it's a problem. And we're going to that. that happen in Africa are orchestrated by the white supremacists because Africa is controlled economically and politically by the white supremacists. Now, that's either true so or not. So that's more of a message to detach from the system and the narrative. <laughs> Africa is controlled economically. Do y'all know that there's a country in Africa called uh they just they just officially changed the name of the country. It's it's a country that is one of those countries that's surrounded by South Africa. It's called Swaland or something like that. They just changed the name. They have they have what they call an absolute monarch government, meaning they have a king and all that stuff. Well, they got a king down there who's been the king since he was 18 years old back in like 1980 or something like that. And this dude got like 15 wives. Now, there's like a million people live in this country. 
I don't know how many of them live in poverty, but this king, he just went out and bought all 15 of his wives brand new Rolls Royce Wraiths. <laughs> went out there and bought them $100,000, $200,000 cars to his 15 wives while, you know, the people in his country is, you know, broke as hell. Is that, is that, I wonder if white supremacy had a factor in that. I wonder, I wonder, can you blame white supremacy on that? Because, uh, you know, his infatuation with consumerism. I don't know. The survival of the fittest conditions and humans have enslaved each other since the beginning of humanity. Polynesians in India, there was more slaves in, in India alone than the entire Western hemisphere. But that narrative isn't told. You know but that, we don't right? live in India. We live in America, in a, in a country that foundational black Americans built. And for exactly, and, and I believe in reparations, and I speak. I hate that argument. Foundational black Americans built this country. Dude, it's a lot of people that built this country, B. When <laughs> just foundational black Americans. Think about repar- uh, real reparation ideas, like, like okay, getting well, all we're black we're Americans. 20. Oh, oh wait, wait do y'all hear what he says about reparations, y'all? Foundational black Americans built. And for exactly, and, and I believe in reparations, and I speak about repar- uh, real reparation ideas, like like okay, getting well, all black Americans twenty five thousand and twenty five thousand if they pull it ideas. into a business. It's what's all about reparations ideas. Huh? What's, what's your idea of reparations for black people? What what do you think black people should? I believe that all black people? Americans deserve a twenty five thousand dollar check, where if they if they invest it into a business. They get another $25,000 check from the, from the government to increase black ownership and economic advancement. There it is, y'all. There it is. There, that's, listen, listen. That's going to be black Americans, FBA, ADOS's former reparations right there. If it ain't exactly that, it's going to be something similar to that. Did y'all hear what he just said? He said, I believe all black Americans should get $25,000. And then if you invest into a black owned business or some type of business, you'll get another $25,000. That is going to be the foundation for the reparations argument and how much and how this thing should be paid moving forward. All this trillions and billions of dollars you Negroes is talking about or whatever. Everybody thinking you finna get a million dollar check. Hang that crap up. Snowtep just told you what it's going to be. <laughs> Snowtep told you what it's going to be. So 400 years of vile anti-black slavery, whippings, breeding, selling. You got to understand that there's been reparations. There's already been reparations in our society. Affirmative action what? is a form of reparations. <laughs> affirmative. Listen. Oh, let me play no, it. affirmative action benefits you. More than black people. Okay, okay. So this this is this is how this whole reparations thing is gonna if if politicians ever take this seriously, what Snowtep is saying, this is how it's gonna go. It may not go exactly as Snowtep is saying, but they're going, but the politicians are going to frame it in this manner. Just like he said. Snowtep said, We'll, we'll give you twenty five thousand, and if you invest it into another business uh or something like that you'll get another 25 but he also just came back and said well we also a form of reparations has already been paid uh uh uh, uh affirmative action like this is what the politicians all uh, all the white people i've been telling y'all about because you know when you talk to black people about reparations black people think that they can just have the reparations conversation 
and just totally have this conversation without white people's input. Meaning like you can just go up to the Congress, kick all the kick all the political figures out the office, snatch their pens, start writing the bills and sign the bills and start then head on down to the Treasury and, and turn on the machines and start start sending out money to black people. No, that is not how this works. Reparations is an American conversation for everybody who lives here and pays taxes here, meaning you're going to have white people give their input into this. You're going to have Asians, uh, Hispanics. Everybody's going to have a say because if they ever do grant reparations, guess what? It's going to come from the American government, AKA, and, and where does the American government get their money? From taxpayers. So how are you going to sit here and try to exclude the overwhelming majority of the country from this conversation, but you want them to pay out reparations through the form of government, government paychecks or whatever the case may be. So what I'm saying is when you had these conversations with the snow taps and the wokey wokes and all them out there, they don't be surprised when they come back and tell you, Oh, you have affirmative action. That's a form of reparations. And they're going to, and they're going to hammer that point down. Like, they're going to hammer that point down like Brad did in the manosphere when he was talking this, this, this low IQ crap. Affirmative action and it's being corrupted. It's being corrupted by the system, but the intent is to give opportunity. No, why did you bring up affirmative action? That doesn't because that is the form. That is the form of the government trying to, trying to help uh, black people exposed to poverty advance economically. And that's what we're all about. That idea didn't work. But the intent may have been because it, because it didn't work because your community started getting all the reparations. And I'm a leader to eradicating that. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not trying to perpetuate that system. I'm fighting to disable that system. But you said. But you tried to be deceptive, though. You no, I'm not. Say, I'm not being deceptive at all. As if it benefited black people and it failed. It didn't benefit black people, and that's why it failed us. It benefited your community, but not us. More white. How, how did? How did it? Action. How did it specifically benefit white America? Because white women became classified as minorities directly when the affirmative action bills passed and they got the brunt of the benefits. White gay people get affirmative action. So, so feminism is in a problem. White people who have 134th Native American, they get affirmative you're saying action. That, you're and saying that it brought attention to other people that were oppressed as well. And that other people are benefiting <laughs> from the white is. man's oppression of history. All right, Tariq is over here killing me with the ads, y'all. Hold on. We got another ad we got to watch. None of your people were oppressed like these aren't my people. You're yes, my people. Are. Me and you are the same thing. We're the same <laughs> no, exact thing. I wouldn't say no yes, disrespectful shit about a black woman getting shot while she was naked. You no, I, no, this. It, there was no. I said under no circumstances. Very different. I wouldn't. No, we are. We are. We have the same. We have the same biology. Shot in her fucking sleep while she's naked. She wasn't. She wasn't asleep. Like that. That's misinformation. That sister was naked and she got shot. And that's completely, and that's, and, and never once did I ever say that was justified. I said specifically. You did justify it, bro. I said you under no circumstances should she ever be shot. You know better than that. You wouldn't say that about a white woman in any sense what? of the word. And you Hell yes. Any All right. All right. So that's the end of the video, y'all. That is the end of the video. So y'all heard it. Y'all heard it. Y'all heard it. The snow taps and the wokeity wokes are coming to Blackistan, y'all. Guess who's coming to dinner, y'all? Coming out 
They bring in their unseasoned chicken and their mayonnaise. They're going to redo Hidden Colors. They're going to do all that stuff, B. Hidden Colors 7, 8, 9, and 10. It's going to be more and more Caucasian-y up in there. <laughs> this, is what, this is what happened. We was, we was snow taps. Yeah, we were snow taps. They coming. But the point, here's the whole point, right? This is black people's fault. This is Blackistan's fault, y'all. This is Blackistan's fault. These snow teps, they watch all our videos. Just like that white boy, Brad, who was a super fan of Tommy, who was on Fantastic and all them show. They be watching this stuff. You could tell this dude been watching this stuff for a hot minute. He probably goes to a black barber shop, and they probably got Hidden Colors playing up in there. How much you want to bet? Because that, that's the first time I ever seen Hidden Colors with the black barber shop. So I guarantee that that's, that's how this is going down. They watch this stuff. They study this stuff. And now y'all are seeing it play out. And like I said earlier, y'all have been, y'all, the woke warriors, the babblers, y'all have been begging and pleading for white people to say something, to speak up. And now they're saying something, they're speaking up, and now they are trying to dominate the conversation to the point where they are coming in and telling you what is black, what's not black, uh, whether or not I can be in this culture, whether or not I can speak, I know black people better than you, blah, 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 blah. And what you're going to do about it? And the question is, what are you going to do about it? For all of y'all out there, you social justice warriors, you pro-black babblers, you woe is me's. What are y'all going to do about it? What are y'all going to do to check him? Because everybody on here talking about, we, he canceled, he canceled. He can quit making hip-hop music and go, go produce beats for Miley Cyrus and B.I. Right. What are y'all going to do to check him? Y'all open up this can of worms. Now y'all need to sit there and stuff these damn worms in your mouth. Y'all brought this on yourself. Like I say, go look at all the, the, the Black Lives Matter protests. It'd be like 70% white folks out there. 70% white people. And then these white folks be out there chastising other black people. Like Herman Cain just passed away, right? You know how many white people were going in on Herman Cain using the same lingo black people use against Herman Cain, calling him a coon and all this other stuff? Like when did it become acceptable for white folks to start calling black people coons? Now we know that's something we do amongst ourselves, but when did white people start doing that? You know what I'm saying? Like, when did, when did that happen? Map TV. If you think I'm white, then yeah, nigga, I'm white. And I'm going to talk about your ass and you ain't going to do nothing about it. I'm taking over. How you love that, Map TV? Yeah, I'm white. I'm white and I say so. What you going to do? <laughs> but this is what happens. This is what happens, y'all. Y'all have birthed these people. And now they coming to take over. And what you going to do? What you going to do? You going to cry and complain? Well, I answered your question, nigga. You sitting here looking at my damn cash app handle says light skin hero. When the last time you seen a white person with a handle called light skin hero? <laughs> Joe, lame ass out of my chat. How about you do that? This, this, was, this is what's happening, though. Greg says, YouTube is the white man platform. Now, hoteps are surprised white dudes are debating them. Yeah. I mean, look, you use the white man's tools 
I mean, you, you think you're just going to be able to keep them out of the conversation? I mean, you can, you can keep them out in terms of direct communication, meaning you can control whether or not they hop up on your panels and all that stuff. But if they want to go out there and voice their opinions on YouTube, Twitters, or whatever, whatever, they can go out there and voice their opinions. And what are you going to do to stop it? But this is this is what y'all y'all open y'all open this up y'all started this so now you can't sit here crying complain about it. Mister Fantastic says, "See niggas keep proving Dirk right being dumb." Yeah, it's a it's, listen. It's a whole bunch of idiots out there. Fantastic, you and I both know this. And see, this is why I listen when it comes to Mister. I know a lot of y'all feel a certain way about Mister Fantastic, especially during these last couple days. But here, here's the thing that I know. I, now, I don't know Fantastic personally, but I know him because we have a we have a very we have something very unique in common. We're both ex. Well, I'm ex-military. We're both military. And we've both been exposed to a lot of different people, a lot of different cultures. I was a staff sergeant E6 when I got out. I believe he's an E6 in the Navy. We both were in leadership positions where we had to be in charge of people, make decisions for people, yada, yada, yada. We got that crap in common like a mug. And so when he says some of the things he says, I know it's based off of him leaving Macon, Georgia, because I used to live in Augusta, which is not too far from Macon. It's one of those little country towns in the cut that's overshadowed by Atlanta. Where everybody in those little towns has a certain way of thinking and a certain way of living and, you know, working at the Piggly Wiggly or wherever it is, is our Walmart is is. Is as good as it's going to get for most people, right? So he left, went to the military, been in there for like 16, 17 years, I believe, seen some things, visited some places, expanded his mind and his horizons to where now he comes back and he looks at the Negro population, which most of you guys never travel anywhere. The most traveling you guys ever do is hopping on your smartphone. Let's just keep it a buck. Most of y'all never go anywhere. Most of y'all can't afford to go anywhere. Y'all entire worldview is based off of the 10 mile radius that you're born in. And then you, you get a little bit of access to everybody else through your smartphone. But it's different when you actually visit other places like somebody like me who's been to Europe on a couple of occasions, been to the Mideast on a couple of occasions, been to Central America. You know, I've been to, I've been a whole bunch of different places. And when you go to a whole bunch of different places, whether I went there on my personal dime or the military's dime, it doesn't matter. You get a different perspective of the world to where you come back and you start looking at, at the things a lot of black people cry and complain about. And then you start examining how black people go out there and try to, quote unquote, solve problems. And you understand that a lot of Negroes are content with the way things are. They just enjoy crying and complaining about stuff. Because. A lot of y'all might feel uncomfortable about Brad and this white dude coming in saying what he's saying, but you're not going to do anything about it other than cry and complain. Like, take the white man's YouTube we all use. You have black people out there who are trying to make the black version of YouTube. I've told you about the website before. You got Black Junction TV. You got Free Speech Avenger, FSAvenger.com where you can go on those channels and be as bliggity black as you want and don't have to worry about 
dealing with the YouTube foolishness of being flagged down and, and shadow banned and all this other craziness everybody likes to cry about, right? But you can't hardly get black people to support this crap, even though that this is the crap that they cry and complain about that they want to see happen. Why? Because black people in America are comfortable as shit. Y'all don't know struggle. Y'all don't know poverty. Y'all don't know real struggle. I've seen it firsthand, when I, especially when I was in Afghanistan 10 years ago. You want to take somebody who's living in the hood and compare them to somebody living in a damn mud hut? We used to fly in these Chinook helicopters, y'all. A Chinook, y'all know what a Chinook helicopter is. It's a, it's, a, it's a cargo transport helicopter. It got the two rotors on top. You know, they fly them around. They got the jet engines on the side. We used to fly over the city of Kandahar. We used to be flying so low with the back door hanging open that you can make out the faces of kids, dude. And these kids be dirty as hell, dingy, dusty, dirty, and let them get to crying and complaining. They're talking about how they need some social change, yada, yada, yada. Man, they will be sitting there. Dude, you will be dead within the next hour. Yeah, I'm bashing your people, Map TV, because your people are stupid. That's why. I ain't afraid to say it. I've been around you niggas my entire life. Black culture is full of a bunch of idiots for the most part, unfortunately. And it shouldn't be that way, but it is. Because you have a lot of people who just like to cry and complain. And then they want to point their finger at white people, white people, white people. When I told you guys before, the real problem is most of you guys are just lazy. And I'm not saying that from the racist standpoint or you just lazy because you're black. I'm saying because you're lazy because you don't do nothing. And it's just easier to point your finger and cry and complain about what white people is doing before you actually try to go out there and try to exhaust all your options before you have to start pointing your finger at white people. So when I hear somebody like Fantastic Talk, I know where he's coming from. I lived that life. I joined the Army in 2002, got out 2015, 13 years in, deployed twice, staff sergeant, been exposed to all kinds of different races, all kind of shit. Then I got to come back to where I'm from or look at my own family or look at some of my old friends or look at you clowns here on social media after I've been exposed to the real world in real time. And I'd be like, what the hell are y'all crying about? If you go out there and put a little effort in, maybe you can get some things popping. <laughs> but most of y'all cry, whine, and complain. But the crying and the whining and complaining has gotten so popular that now you have white people crying and complaining. Like, look at this dude on your screen. He can go out there and live his best white life if he wanted to. <laughs> he can go out there and get it popping. All that white privilege. Nah, y'all don't got him feeling guilty. He want to go around exuding white guilt. Now he over here sounding like a damn hotel. And repeating, regurgitating their, their freaking talking points, damn near line for line. Hey, but y'all got, got black people shocked. Oh my goodness. Why is he talking like What do you mean why is he talking like that? He learned this from y'all. He's just, he's just crying and complaining like the rest of y'all. Throwing out a bunch of vague talking points with a bunch of empty words. We need to overthrow the system. We need to, we need to eradicate. Like, what does that even mean? How about you go put an op order together, an operations order? Somebody write some damn instructions down. Somebody do something. Somebody go out there and execute a real tangible plan that's going to get you to a, 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 a real destination. Instead of just spinning your wheels, talking about the same crap you've been talking about 
on social media for like the last 15 years. I mean, this goes back even further, but we're just keeping it within the time frame of social media right now. Because I've been hearing this crap for that. Man, when I was at college, in college, and um, I went to Tuskegee University from 1998 to 2002, an HBCU down in hot-ass Alabama. We had hoteps and pro-blacks on campus back then, too. I've been hearing this crap since the 90s, my nigga. The 90s. The same talking points. The white man-ness, racism, white supremacy, yada, yada, yada. But when I came on YouTube and social media, now all of a sudden everybody's a a pro-black, everybody's an expert at history, everybody's this. I'm just like, dude, y'all are just saying the same crap that's been said a thousand times, but the problem is, when are you going to go do something about it? When are you going to go out there and do something to fix the crap that you believe that needs to be fixed? Because what's going to happen is you're going to have these white folks come in and start, quote-unquote, fixing stuff, and then you're going to cry and complain about how they're fixing it because they don't understand black people. No, no, here's, here's the reality. White people understand black people very well. They understand black people better than black people understand black people. They understand Negroes very well. They know what you like to hear. They know what makes you, makes you mad. They know what makes you laugh. They know what makes you cry. They know all that stuff, B. It's just black people be sitting here pretending like white people don't know black people. They know all of us. And I'll, I'll include myself into it as well. They know all of us. They know all our habits. They know all this stuff. So when you start having some of these woe is me's, wokeity woke white folks come through exuding white guilt and now they want to try to go out there and solve problems and stuff. Well, guess what? They're going to go out there and solve problems. But the problem is you might not like how they try to solve problems for you because you didn't get to solve it first. <laughs> and then if you try to challenge them on it, then they're going to start cast. They're going to start chastising you and, and taking off their flip flops and spank you on your little butts and stuff. To where you got this white boy on here talking about he knows black people better than black people. He knows how to fix the problems better than black people. This is how this all starts, and y'all idiots can't even see it. Y'all idiots can't even see it. You can't see it because you done spent so many years bumping your gums talking about what you're going to do versus actually going out there to do. Because if you actually went out there and started doing you actually started celebrating the minds, the, the, actual, the actual arty, smarty people of black society to let them go out there and do the things that they need to do to try to fix the community, yada, yada, yada. We probably wouldn't have this problem. You probably would be able to build some type of quote unquote infrastructure to, to, uh, to uh, determine who can and can't come into the culture. But the problem is you just bump your gums and talk, which there is no physical and or virtual barrier to prevent anybody outside from joining the conversation. Like you can't even, you can't even have these conversations on an all black platform. You got to have it on a white platform, AKA YouTube, Twitter, et cetera, et cetera. Right. You won't support the black owned stuff. And then you want to cry when the non-blacks who also use the non-black platform that you use, Hop up in here and start voicing their opinion. And then when they do voice their opinion, you can't even, you can't even articulate an argument without catching feels. Which leads me back to Brad and the manosphere. When he came on there talking his IQ crap, everybody, you know, with, with the exception of Mr. Fantastic, but everybody for the most part, and I think there was another dude, but pretty much everybody got into their feels. Started crying, uh, just over talking. It's like, it's like, okay, he's up here. He said his piece. Why don't you address the man one point at a time? 
since you're so smart, since you got it all figured out, but that you couldn't even do that. I mean, if you didn't want him there, you should have just booted him out. But since he was there, y'all couldn't even do that. Hyper emotional Negroes. Just emotional about everything. So what are you going to do to change it? I'm saying you're going to have to you're going to have to go out there and engage in this this shit I call the boring work. All this arty, smarty, boring stuff I be talking about, you know, the stuff that leads to real change. Other than you just hashtagging and tweeting and talking about you're going to cancel somebody. Cancel, cancel. (laughs) What are you going to do? Are you going to cancel him from talking? Okay, so what? You don't buy his hip hop music. Okay. He starts producing country music and then he still wants to run his mouth and talk about black issues. What are you going to do then? <laughs> what are you going to do? You ain't going to do nothing. Because there is no infrastructure in place. This white dude, I think this white dude probably sees it and he's trying to come in and start laying down an infrastructure. <laughs> Problem is when they come in and start laying down the infrastructure, they're going to take over the whole thing and have you working for them. You know, kind of like how Black Lives Matter is right now. Where's all that Black Lives Matter money going, ladies and gentlemen? Get all these black people out here crying about all these victims of police brutality. Oh, they hunting us. They donate money all over the place. Where's that money going to? Candace Owens did an expose on that. I think think, uh, Brandon Tatum did it. All that money's being funneled to the Democratic Party, y'all. You know, Democratic Party. And all their Looney Tune ridiculous agendas. But they want everybody to be walking around with rainbow flags. And all this other crazy stuff that I personally don't believe in for my lifestyle. You go out there and do what you want to do. Don't bring, don't force it upon me. That's what they want it. They want that money to go to the Biden campaign. You know, the same man that that sat there and uh, wrote that crime bill. But I don't even really want to talk about politics because, you know, when it comes to black people in politics, I wish we'd stop lying to ourselves. Most Negroes don't know a damn thing about politics. They don't know nothing. Like, I, I can prove it to you. I had, an, I, had a, I had a little debate the other day with somebody who was talking about Amazon. No, how'd it go? No, we, we started off talking about unemployment, the unemployment checks. And um, I said something. I was like, I was like, you think it's crazy now? These people don't get some unemployment checks. They're going to really start turning up because, you know, they got bills to pay. And then this person I was talking to said something along the lines of, oh, the government, they need to stop giving all these corporations tax cuts and yada, 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 and just put, give the money to the people. I was like, hold up. Like, first of all, you talking like the government just be giving these big corporations like legit writing them checks to go spend. I'm like they give them tax cuts. I'm like, do you even understand the purpose of what a tax cut is? And so we got into this whole argument about tax cuts and I'm like, I don't understand how you could be opposed to corporations trying to want to lower their taxes when you are trying to do the same damn thing. Like, no, who wants to pay more taxes if you don't have to? Like, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I pay my fare. I pay, I pay taxes, but you best believe if I can take a deduction or get something written off, I take advantage of all that crap. So I don't even understand how people can get mad at corporations when they do it. But then we got to talking about Elon Musk. 
you know, he's about to build a new factory making Tesla vehicles in Arizona or Texas or something like that. And I was telling this person, I was like, how do you think that's possible? I was like, that's possible because of all these tax cuts he's getting. I guarantee if it wasn't for these tax cuts, he would be taking his plant to Mexico or some other country and making his vehicles. But now he's, he's keeping it here in America and now he's going to build this plant and then this plant's going to employ a few hundred, if not a few thousand people. So then this led to the Amazon warehouse that was supposed to be built up in, up in New York City that AOC, that nutcase, got canceled. And I was like, I was like, so think about all the jobs that Amazon was about to bring to that borough of New York City. But you want to sit here and support these Democrats who believe in they don't want tax cuts because if you listen to Joe Biden, he says he's going to raise taxes on everybody. They don't want tax cuts. They want to raise taxes, which means, you know, they're pretty much anti-capitalism for the most part. They want you all like, you know, I know we all it's, it's a cliche statement. Oh, they just want you dependent upon the government. No, that's like literally what is becoming these days. They literally want you depending upon the government because I've even heard AOC say something where she's encouraging politicians to ensure that the economy stays closed down just so that Trump can lose the election. I'm like, wow, so this really isn't about the freaking social distancing contamination going on. This is really about just trying to hurt somebody economically just so that they can lose. Because You know, I got this one family member. He believes it's doom and gloom and we're living in the last days. I told his family, I'm like, look, if Trump loses the election, it's going to be nonstop social distancing for the next four years. If Biden wins the election, I guarantee the economy is going to open back up. Everybody's going to go outside and play with no mask. And there's going to be a cure coming out the next week. Like it's, just going to, it's just going to fade away because y'all are just opposed to Donald Trump. Because y'all believe he's a racist and y'all oppose all these other Republicans, yada, yada, yada. And I'm telling them, because, you know, I tell these people, I'm like, I, I, I'm voting for Trump. And they think I'm crazy. I'm like, oh, you, you support a racist? I'm like, I don't support any racism. I support policies. I don't give a damn if Trump wakes up in the morning and the first thing that comes out of his mouth is the damn N-word. And then he throws darts at a picture of black people on his wall. I don't give a shit about any of that. All I care about is policies what's on the books that's going to benefit me and or black people that's all i care about that is it that's literally all i care about i'm not emotionally invested into any of these clowns if a democrat comes out there talking good and he's doing something to help black people then i'd vote for him too you know somebody made this comment oh you got black kids you want them uh what trump doing for your kids i'm like well first off negro I went to an HBCU. So what if my sons want to go to an HBCU? Trump signed a bill permanently funding HBCUs. So now my son can go out there and get some education at an all-black school and be one of them educated Negroes. But anyways, I don't know how I got off in this little tangent. But the whole point is this, right? This is what happens, right? You got all these white folks out here. Y'all created these little wokeity-woke monsters. And now they're coming up into these spaces, bumping their little wokeity-woke gums, using your talking points. And I don't even know why y'all getting offended at it. I don't even know why y'all are getting offended. Y'all created them. 
Y'all been preaching this victimhood crap for years, demanding white people recognize right, white privilege and white guilt and bow down and kiss the rings and all this other crazy crap y'all Negroes is talking about. Now they out here doing it and now you offended because they're not doing it on your terms anymore. They're coming in here dictating how they're going to be wokeity woke around you and you can't control their wokeity wokeness. You can try to control black people's wokeity wokeness by trying to shame them with the label of coon, which, you know, me personally, I invite the word coon. People call me a coon. I tell them to their face, you fucking right. I'm not supposed to be cursing on my channel anymore, but I tell them, yeah, you're right. I am a coon. And look how this coon is living in comparison. Like, matter of fact, I had some people, some of my little, some little friends, some people I know down here call me a coon the other day. Right? They was like, but you are a coon. I was like, all right, well, I was like, explain what a coon is. So they gave it a little whatever. I was like, I was like, I was like, let's let's talk about something here. You Negroes are calling me a coon, but all you niggas live in the hood. You, you barely got any money in your bank accounts. Some of y'all got criminal records. Some of y'all barely graduated high school. Some of, I mean, y'all, y'all just, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm just keeping it real with them, right? I'm like, y'all niggas know where I live. You seen my house. Some of y'all been to it. Y'all see what I've been doing in life. It looked like this cooning is paying off for me because I'm not in struggleville. I'm not struggling. I'm not. I'm not worried about nothing. I'm not worried about where my next meal's coming from. I'm not worried about they're going to cut my lights off. None of that crap, my nigga. None of it. Highly educated. Been around the world. Ay, 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 ay. All that crap. But you want to call me a coon? But let's talk about lifestyles. Let's talk about ambitions. Let's talk about opportunities. Let's, I got... I got, I got more skill sets in my little finger to create opportunities for you idiots than, than you do. Because all, all y'all do is bump your gums, crying about this, that, and the third. I can go out there and educate an army of young kids right now on how to get it cracking in IT to where hopefully a few of those kids grow up and start their own damn IT firm so that they can employ other black people. Can you do that? So how does that make me a coon? And by the way, I do, in my spare time, educate the youngins. With IT, not just here on YouTube, but I actually do it in my spare time. How does that make me a coon? Because I'm not out of here with my with my pro bliggity black fist, crying about racism and white supremacy every five minutes. But I'm the coon. Well, fine, I'll be a coon all day. I will go to my grave cooning it up, my nigga, with a bank account full of money, sleeping, hearing the sounds of crickets when I go outside on my porch instead of hearing the sounds of niggas and gunshots and Pookie and Bonquisha. Nigga, sign me up for that life. I will coon it out to the hardest. But another thing about this cooning is it don't matter if you call me a coon or not. Your label of calling me a coon can't stop me from doing anything in life. It can't stop me from going out there, getting a loan to open up a business or whatever. It ain't going to mess my credit up. It ain't going to mess up my earning potential. It ain't going to do none of that crap. But just but just make you feel temporarily satisfied because you got to call somebody else a coon, even though your accomplishments in life don't measure up nowhere near to what I've done in my 40 short years of living. But, 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 but you think you're better than them. No, I made drastically different decisions from a lot of these clowns who like to run around calling me a coon. 
And this ain't just strictly reserved for the people that I know in real life. This is for you clowns that be on YouTube as well, talking the same crap. Because I guarantee if we knew who you were behind them avatars and them fake names you use, I guarantee your life is probably one paycheck away from you sleeping under a bridge on Skid Row. Guarantee it. Guarantee it. That's why y'all so adamant about trying to get reparations because y'all y'all one paycheck away from being on Skid Row. Sleeping in a tent under a bridge. I'm not. I'm not. I can, listen, I can take the next three years off and pay all my bills. I can take the next three years off, sit my ass on my couch and watch Netflix and still pay my $2,000 plus a month mortgage on time every single damn month. But I'm cooning. Well, me and my kundalini ways that affords my wife and kids to live a comfortable-ass life, we're going to keep it cooning. Because I ain't worried about going up under a bridge, nigga. I ain't worried about going to the trap house where I got I to gotta sell dope because I ain't got no options. Well, nigga, I got options. I've put myself in positions to create options where I ain't got to worry about that crap. Most of y'all can't because I'm the Herman Cain of YouTube, I guess. I don't know. Listen, I'm just, I'm just, uh, I'm just, uh, uh, what we call you got the blue pill, the red pill. I'm the real pill. <laughs> I'm the real life pill. I'm the nigga that's actually left my city for extended periods of time, been around other groups of people, other different types of black people, different cultures, different countries, seen a bunch of things. And come back and be looking at y'all like, what are you crying about? Most of y'all ain't doing a damn thing. We're just crying. But your crying is so contagious that it's invited the cries of the white folks. You know, they got all this white privilege. They can go out there, you know, just be white. Just be white and get it popping. But it's so addictive to cry. And now they crying and, you know. Feeling sorry, pretending to feel sorry for y'all. That's what I really believe. They pretending to feel sorry for y'all because it's in vogue because they don't like Trump. I bet you if Biden was president, they wouldn't be out here crying about y'all. Matter of fact, if Biden wins the election, watch all these white people go away. <laughs> all these white people finna go away. They finna go away. They ain't finna be out here crying about y'all no more. But now that they are out here crying, they're going to come through cry. And they're going to come through and, and tell you how you're going to fix it, tell you how they are going to fix the community. And then my thing is, like I say, what you going to do about it? What are you going to do to prevent them from fixing the community <laughs> from systemic racism and boogeyman white supremacists? What are you going to do to stop them? They're going to take all your shine. They're going to be doing all the, the pro-black babbling snow tap conferences now. No, we already got some out there that do it. Go look up Tim Wise, white dude named Tim Wise. Go look him up. He be out there giving speeches and all that crap. They finna be doing it. You know what I'm saying? What are you going to do to check these people? Nothing. Because most of y'all don't, don't want to do nothing. Y'all just want to talk. You just want to run your mouth and talk, but you don't want to actually go out there and do the actual work of creating the infrastructures 
the real life tangible infrastructures and our systems to empower black people to where maybe you can dictate to a certain extent who can and can't represent blackness or speak on behalf of black people. But no, we'll just hashtag away. Map TV says, what you going to do to fix your obesity? Nothing. I'm going to keep getting fat while you struggle. While you struggle standing in front of the corner store asking for a dollar so you can go in there and get a sandwich. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to keep getting fat, living in my 3,500 square foot house next to a lake. While you out there on the corner store doing the moonwalk, hoping somebody gives you 50 cent so you can go in there and buy yourself a bag of chips to eat. That's what I'm going to do. What you going to do, Map TV? Hmm? I can afford to be fat. Can you afford to be poor and hungry? Can you afford to do that? Yeah, I asked for money on Cash App. If people want to donate, you want to donate, hit the Cash App, nigga. Even if I didn't have Cash App, guess what? I'll still be all right. You think I make my money? You think the bulk of my income comes from YouTube? Nigga, this channel ain't even monetized, idiot. <laughs> and when it was monetized, I was only making like $100, $200 any damn way. You think the bulk of my income comes from YouTube? No, this is, the listen, the money that I get through Cash App is so that I can donate it to niggas like you who are begging for change in front of the corner store. That's why. I ask people to donate because when I go out to the corner store in the hood and I see Map TV out there trying to rhyme, that's where this money goes. It goes for you. So I'm doing you a favor, Map TV. You the one that's hungry right now. You the one that's standing outside next to the freeway with your cup jingling. I'm trying to raise money for you, nigga. That's why my light skin hero cash app is up. I'm trying to do my part to help niggas like you in the community. Because I feel sorry for you. So you messing up your own money, Map TV. You messing up your own money. You could have, Map, you could have had about $10 right now to go in there and buy you a pack of Newports, nigga. But you messing it up. I was going to come down to the corner and give you $10. You can go in there and get you some Newports, nigga. You messing it up. This money is for niggas like you. That's this money, fo. I can afford to be fat. Can you afford to be poor and hungry? <laughs> you won't cash up asking for money and speaking about another man. Yeah. So same thing everybody else do on YouTube. And if you got a channel, your dumb ass will do the same thing. He be, they be coming in here acting like this is some brand new crap. You asking for money? <laughs> Talking about somebody? Everybody on YouTube does PayPal, Cash App. They got their ads turned on. They do uh, Patreon. They sell merchandise. And they run their mouth talking about other people or other situations. But being that I'm talking about 
the Negro delegation in a manner that he doesn't like, all of a sudden it's a problem. But see, here's the problem. If I was pro bliggity black talking about the white peoples, he'd probably be banging my cash out like a son bitch right now. Wouldn't be none of this. You talking about the white peoples. That's what it is. That's what it is. You might want to know my email. I got like 50 of them. Hold up. Let me figure it out. You can send it here. Info at onyxtruth.com. I don't think Tariq needs to be removed. I think he needs to be on here. I believe in freedom of speech. He has the right to say whatever he want to say to a certain extent. Meaning, you know, maybe after issuing threats and all that crap. Yeah, all YouTubers do it. You talking about another nigga and you listening to me talk about another nigga. Why are you here? If you don't want to hear me talk about another nigga, then why are you listening to it? Nobody sent you a special invite to come here. I don't recall emailing Map TV saying, hey, come listen to me talk about another black person. I don't believe I did that. Nobody asked you. To, I don't even know who you are. First time I've ever seen you in my damn chat. Nobody asked you to be here, but you came here to hear me talk about another black person because you've been here the entire time as I've been talking about black people. So you must want to hear it. So you just as bad as me. You a hoe. That's right. I am a hoe. I probably slept with your mama back in the day, too, because you sound like a young nigga. You sound like you was born 20 years ago, which means your mama's probably about my age. And I was probably blowing her back out listening to Busta Rhymes, Wuha, or Red Man and Method Man back in the day. So yeah, I am a hoe. Ask your mama about me. When your mama was out there twerking at Freak Nick, I was probably all up on her. Showing how much of a hoe I can be. Ask your mama about me, nigga. I'm his stepfather. Maybe. He ain't getting no child support off me, though. <laughs> the only child support he going to get is through these cash apps. When I see him out there jingling his tin cup, asking can he borrow, borrow a dollar. That's what he going to see. A foot warmer. That's what he is. Don't call me a hoe like I'm offended. Nigga, I was a hoe back then. The hell is you talking about? I was supposed to be a hoe when I was younger. <laughs> I was supposed to be one. That's why you don't hear me on here crying at the age of 40 talking about how I can't get women. Nigga, because I was a hoe when I was younger. I was getting them. That's why, you, that's why people like him come to YouTube to cry because he never could be a hoe in his younger years. So he got to listen to all these other clowns cry about women. Oh, black women. <laughs> I can't get women, man. <laughs> Nigga, you suck. That's why. 
You never got the you never got the experience what what life was like being a male hoe. I did. And I enjoyed it. But you know, I had kids, had to settle down. Had to get my life right so I don't end up you know being a 40-year-old hoe doing uh you know being a 40-year-old hoe doing a doing a, you know, the moonwalk in front of a convenience store. Oh no, there's this one dude when I used to work downtown, he used to come up to me every other week like he had never seen me before and tell me the same stupid jokes. First time I heard the jokes, they were pretty funny and I gave him some money. Two weeks later, he saw me again, told me the same joke. I was like, ah. Oh. That, was, that was his thing to get money. So he, at least I gave him money because he, he was at least creative. He at least brought value or attempted to bring value to me by telling me a joke, make me laugh. So I gave him some money. And I gave him like $5. And I think I gave him 10 I was like, that's pretty good. Here go 10 well, Some people, they'll give you like a quarter or a dollar. I just give them whatever I got. I don't care. Got kids on YouTube. Yeah, listen, Alicia, listen, it'd be a lot of these young clowns talking like this, right? They, they were born like 2000, 96 or something, 96 to 2000. Anybody here talking like, I'm like, nigga, you talking like your mama wasn't out there just behind the, behind the lockers behind the, the bleachers just, just giving blowjobs all day. Like I wasn't in high school at the same time as your mama. <laughs> oh, man. Like, like, come on. Like, who are you talking to? Talking to a dude who had a life before the internet. Who had a life before social media, my nigga. Who's lived life. You come in here saying stuff like, I ain't heard it. Oh, you a hoe. Like, what I'm supposed to do? Cry about that? Yeah, it was. I wouldn't be surprised if I slept with your mama, nigga. Like, what do you, what do you want? <laughs> yeah. Me and your mama was a hoe. We was trying to out-hoe each other back in the day. <sighs> Anyways. Said most of them who talk and their mothers are fat. I mean, their mamas might be fat now, but some of them were, they, they were popping back in the 90s. I looked up the chick that I first, I lost my virginity to. High school, oh, she was banging. Nowadays, ain't no way in the world I will ever admit that this was the first chick I ever slept with. Nope, can't do it. Can't do it. <laughs> I looked up like a couple weeks ago. I was like, oh, Jesus, that's who I lost my virginity to? Oh, God, I hope nobody ever finds this crap out. They ain't going to believe how she looked today and how she looked back in 1995 are like two totally different people. Because in high school, everybody was trying to bag this chick, and I got her, lost my virginity to her, and thought I was the man out in these streets. So, you know, wasn't nothing, but whatever. Fast forward to today, oh God, there's no way in the world I will ever admit that I slept with her. <laughs> and I'm glad we ain't have social media back in 95. Woo! Woo! Man! 
Only way people are going to be able to prove that is if you start downloading memories out of people's brains. Other than that, wasn't me. Just like Shaggy said, wasn't me. Nope, I ain't do it. I got a couple chicks like that in my past, man. I got a couple chicks that I don't slept with. And I was like, oh my goodness, I slept with this thing? What the hell? Maybe there's one chick I slept with. I was told, I was like 22, 21. She used to like me. I ain't like her at all. I was like, hell to the gnaw. Anyways, we had this, we had the club. She happens to be at the club. We got mutual friends at the club. They're having a birthday celebration. You know what happens, man. Too many drinks flew through the system. Next thing I know, I'm at her spot knocking her down. <laughs> Wake up the next day. Well, I, well, the next day, I, well, somehow I ended up going back. After I knocked her down, went back to my spot. I'm thinking, nobody knows anything. I got away with this Scott clean. Next day, I see my homeboy. I heard you. I heard you was a... Uh, I heard you did, old girl. I'm like, who the hell? Like, oh, God, this, this chick basically ran and told everybody that I had slept with her. But being that we didn't have social media, I said, it wasn't me. Wasn't me. I ain't do it. I don't know what she's talking about. I went straight to the crib. Hell, nah, I ain't sleep with that swamp donkey. Wasn't me. Knowing damn well I did. <laughs> Knowing damn well I did. But there ain't no evidence that it happened. It wasn't like she could film me, take a picture, and put it on social media like some of y'all be doing. Nope, ain't no digital, ain't no evidence. Even though I did do it, but you can't prove it. <laughs> uh, anyways, I'm about to go. So, anyways, this is what happened. So, we're going to start seeing more and more of this. Somebody said they missed the Freak Nick. Alicia, you was at the Freak Nick? I went to the Freak Nick by accident when I was like 16 years old. I went to go visit my uncle in Atlanta. And uh, he stayed next to Piedmont Park at the time. And uh, so we out there chilling. And next thing I know, it's just cars and women all over the place. And I was, you know, I was like 16. I was like, damn, they're getting it in out here. I need to move out to Atlanta. I was there. Didn't know what, didn't, didn't know what it was, but I was there. It was getting it in for real. And I was just like, wow, I need to move to Atlanta. It was on some shit like that. Uh, oh, you went, oh, you, so you're a little older than me. Yeah, I was in high school. When, you know, during the prime time Freaknik years. So 90, 95, 96, I think that was still in the, excuse me, the window of Freaknik. I think, matter of fact, I think 96 was when it started kind of fading away. 97 ish. I don't know. Somewhere around. It was nine. No, I went in 95. It was 95 because I was in 10th grade. So yeah, it was 95 that I went down there. I think 95, 96 is when Freaknik started uh, going downhill. I think I went to like the last official one. But anyway, so it wasn't wild like Atlanta. It was wild. I went to the actual Freak Nick in Atlanta. I was at, I was in Atlanta. Like I say, I was in 10th grade visiting my uncle and he, where he lived that Freak Nick was like happening right outside of his door. It was on some stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Like you walk outside, boom, you're in the middle of Freak Nick. And I didn't know, I didn't know what was going on. I was like, what is this? You know what I'm saying? Like, what are we doing out here? 
Like, okay, well, let me go ahead and get in where I fit in. <laughs> There's also stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. You went to the Philly had a freak nick? I didn't even know they had a freak nick up there. I just thought it was just an Atlanta thing. I didn't know they had freak nicks in Philly or other places. Or whatever. Oakland side shows. I've never been to Oakland. I've been to San Francisco. But... Anyway, so that, that's where we at. The snow taps, y'all. They coming. They coming to replace the pro-blacks. They're coming to reshape black society. They're coming to, they're coming to get y'all's freedom for y'all. <laughs> they're coming to get freedom for y'all. They're going to be at Michi X's Black Agenda Tours. They're going to be at the FBA conference. They're going to be everywhere. You're going to see the Black Fist logo slowly start turning white. <laughs> they're coming, man. Snow Teps. Y'all, y'all gave birth to these clowns. Now they out here. They're out here doing y'all bidding, and they're going to show you that they can do it better. So that's kind of where we at with this thing. Anyways, I'm about to go. Y'all be safe. Peace.